All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another explosive episode of MMA Mayhem Radio. Now, you already know what time it is. It is time for the first round of the interviews here on the show, as we always do it. And this, ladies and gentlemen, will be a special treat, as it always is, when he comes on to our airwaves. And whenever he comes on, you can bet your bottom dollar he always has something very interesting to say because, well, he's never lacked for speaking his mind. And if you want to find this individual, you don't have to go far. All you got to do is look to Charlotte, North Carolina, and you will find one of the boldest, one of the most outspoken, one of the most, I, I would say wild, but he's not wild anymore. He's a family man now. So, uh... Without any further ado, he, he's one of our good friends uh, in the Southeast, and he's always an honorary member of the MMA Mayhem Radio family. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you the Charlotte Shooter himself, Mr. Play No Games. This is my man, Michael Cornbread. Allen, Mikey, what's up, man? Man, what's going on, guys? It's always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and it always... It's a pleasure talking to you, likewise. And uh, you got you got some big things going on, man. Well, the cat is finally out of the bag. Cage Rage is here, April the sixteenth. It is going down. Uh, how, how are you? How are you feeling about it? Are, are you nervous? Are you excited? Or is it everything in between? No, man. I never get nervous about this stuff. You know, I I could do it in my sleep. Uh, right. Yeah, I was trying to count the other day how many shows this is that I've actually done between uh, uh, Fight Lab, my own promotions, a uh, couple shows I did in Shelby and in Asheville, and uh, Warfare, and uh, I lost count. So, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not nervous, you know. There's always a little bit of, you know, doubt there. You wonder if uh, everything's going to go as planned, but it always works out, so no worries. Now, I'm looking here on this card, Mike, and I'm seeing some very familiar names that we have seen at, at some past uh, Fight Lab shows and stuff. Let me see who I'm looking at here. I'm looking at Curtis Cloward, uh, Derek Hyatt, uh, just to name a few, William Baptiste. I, I see him on here as well. How, how are you able to get, get some of these names to, to reel in on this card and make it happen? Or was it, you know what, they were just a phone call, they're good friends of mine, and they would have did it anyway? Oh, man, you know, it's just, uh, it was just a phone call. You know, a lot of people have this misconception that, uh, uh, you know, that people fought for Fight Lab because it was Fight Lab. You know, people fought because they wanted to fight. Right. And that's what I do. I provide fights. I provide opportunities. Damn. And uh, it doesn't matter if it's called Fight Lab or Fight Crab or Fight Jab <laughs> or Dark Side Combat Solutions or Michael Allen Presents or you know, Big Joe's Fight Shack. It doesn't matter <laughs> what the name of it is. Right. You know, the idea is for is for athletes to be able to get opportunities and advance their career. So hopefully one day we can watch them on TV, and that's that's what I do. Right. 
Now, now over the, the course of the years, Michael, as we've seen just from being at the Fight Lab events, you yourself in particular, you're a man uh, of a lot of charisma, a lot of flair, a lot of flamboyance, uh, a, a lot of uh, 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 colorfulness, if I may use that term. Basically, you're known for bringing a lot of flavor to these events. I mean, you know, you do the ring announcing, you know, you, you, you talk crap. You know, you get everybody riled up and, and, and it's a, a very and it's a very awesome element that we don't see a lot of promoters bring uh, to the sport. You know, most of them are, are mostly over there in the suits and stuff with their legs crossed with their, you know, their friends and everything. And they just keep quiet and they don't say much. But you you are built from a, a, a different breed and you're cut from a different cloth. So I just have to pose to you what will bring. What what type of flavor will you bring to cage rage? This this new epidemic that's about to start in southeastern MMA, as opposed to what you brought to the Fight Lab events. Well, I'm, I'm, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be anything different. Like, you know the you know just like I hit on with the fighters and what they're looking for and what they're about. Uh, you know they're 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 fighting in the Fight Lab events and in the cage rage events and in the Michael Allen presents events because that's what they do. They fight. Um, those those promoters that you was talking about that put on the suits and the ties and cross their legs and sit back in the back, they do that because that's what they do. They're they're boring people. I mean, you know, and that's not to say they're bad guys. They're just right. boring. I mean, fuck, they're boring. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you look at. I mean, seriously, you look at Jared Williams. Jared Williams is a madman. Oh yeah. You know, he's 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 a madman. I mean, right. the guy. You know, sometime during the event, he gets him a couple cold ones. And then after the event's over, he gets on the mic with you and he starts talking shit. Right. He, that, that's that's not an act. That's who he is. Exactly. Dave Oblis, you know, Dave Oblis is a fun uh, guy to be around if if he knows you. But you know, when it's, it's professional professional time, it's professional time, and and he goes he goes back into his suit and tie mode and and uh, walks around at the events and and he has a good time with his friends. But you know, he's not out there really flamboyant. You know. Uh, uh, Gandalf the Great that I was working with with uh, Fight Lab, you know, he, he's you know he he is who he is. That's that's what what you see from him at the shows. That's what he usually is. If he knows you, he's a fun guy. If not, you know he's uh you know he's back in the shadows, letting everybody else take the limelight. Me, I've been talking shit since I was four years old. So <laughs> uh, I'm gonna talk shit if it's Dark Side Combat Solutions. I'm gonna talk shit if it's Fight Lab. I'm gonna yep. be up in the front. I'm gonna be on the mic. I'm gonna be up there with the cage girls. I'm gonna be back in the locker rooms. Uh, you know, I'm gonna be taping hands. You know, I'm, I'm an outgoing guy, and uh, and if I got something to say, I'm gonna say it. There you so go. What you what you saw with Fight Lab is what I'm gonna bring to the table with anything. So that's that's pretty much it. Cool. So just, just and, yeah, and yes, I called him Gandalf the Great. <laughs> so so in your in in your opinion <laughs> in your opinion just just for the record just so we get it clear. So do you think yeah. uh, Dave Oblis is a boring promoter in, in your estimation? Is he one of those boring people that you talked about? No, I, 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 don't think, I don't think that Dave Oblis is boring. I just, you know, Dave Oblis isn't one of those guys that, that, when, 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 the, when, that when the lights come on, you're not going to see Dave. Right. You know, Dave, Dave lets his work speak by the numbers of asses in the seats mm -hmm. and the quality of fights in the cage. Uh, I let my, my, my work speak through 
the quality of fights in the cage, the number of asses in the seats, and by how much shit I can talk and who I can piss off. That's just me. Yeah, that's just who I am. You know, Dave. Dave is a, like I said. When when you know Dave, like I've I've been to a party or two with Dave. You know, I've I've drank some beer with Dave. I've I talk to Dave all the time on the phone, and he is a fun, cool as hell dude. But when it comes time to work, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's strictly work. He's not the guy that's going to be out, you know, in the front. You know, when you when you go to a Wild Bills or NFC fight, which I haven't been to one in a long time because he, he still doesn't send me tickets. But uh, <laughs> when you go to one of his shows, you hardly even know he's there. Right. Um, me, you know, I'm there. Oh, Jared yeah. Williams, I still haven't. I, I, I still haven't been to a conflict show. I wanted to go to the last one, and I still hadn't got to go. Uh, Andy Hall is a madman. He's a madman, but still, you know, he's not the in the limelight, under the the spotlight guy. You know, most promoters aren't like that. Right. Uh, most of them are boring when it comes to Showtime because they're not Showtime guys. I'm a Showtime guy. I should be on TV. Yeah, you should. Like in all seriousness, I I I, be- I, I really should. I believe you. I, I would put you. I would really put you. And I know this is going to be a funny comparison, but I would I would see you almost as like a, a Eric Bischoff in WCW or like a, a Paul Heyman in ECW. Yeah, like see, they that, were, that's that's me. Yeah, I'm really in the wrong sport to be honest with you. And to to let you know, all kidding aside, where I developed this personality was watching NWA wrestling. Oh, okay, um, okay. A little kid to avoid some of the other, you know, pains of my growing up. Uh, I stayed in golf in professional wrestling. Right. I'm the biggest pro wrestling buff you'll ever meet in your life. I know everybody. I know all the championships. I know who held them. Um, you know, I, I, I go way back. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. You, you know, that, that's where I got my talk game. That's where I got my mic game. Right. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a shy guy. Uh, a lot of these other promoters, you know, I don't know why they got into it. I don't know what their, their end game is, but – you know, they're not the guy. They don't want to be under the spotlight. Me, I like to be in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. I, I should definitely be on TV. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And Now and, that I drop Gandalf, I might be <laughs> might be on TV. You never know. <laughs> so, in, so just if you may, in typical Michael Allen fashion, however you want to uh, word this or illustrate this, give us your example of what you would see as a quote-unquote boring promoter. A boring promoter? Why? Well, like I said, it, 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 they're, I mean, they're all really boring because think about it. Well, other than me, who do you really see out there in the spotlight? <laughs> no, that's not a, no, that's not no, a No, I'm just laughing. laughing. I'm, no. I'm, just, I'm telling you, for example, Dana White's not boring. No. Scott Coker's boring. <laughs> yeah. Now, I would say, yeah, Coker is boring. I mean, he's a... No, he's fucking boring. I mean, yeah. fuck, I... I you know, I, 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 I mean, I do business with his organization. He's a great guy. Oh, yeah. Great promoter. Very nice so guy. He's a boring promoter, you know, <laughs> compared to Dana. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Dana, I have no fear of talking shit with Dana. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, if, I, if I was in front, if I was in, if, I promise you, if I'm on a camera with Dana, they'll forget about Dana. Oh, my minutes. goodness. Scott Coker comes into the room <laughs> with Dana, and it's going to be a debacle. Pin drops. A pin, you know a pin drops. Scott's just a boring promoter. I mean, most promoters are boring. Rightfully so. They're, they're not supposed to be. They're not supposed to be in the spotlight. It's not supposed to work that way. Right. So, you know, it's it's not a bad thing that they're boring. In fact, and, and it, really, we shouldn't be calling them boring. We should be saying that me and Dana are pains in the ass. That's what we should be saying. That's no. Actually, I had a accurate. point. I actually, I actually, you just brought up a good thought to my mind. 
I really think, now you just correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I think it actually brings up a, a different, how can I say it, a, a, another element of fun to the sport. Because I'm not saying that you got to get out there and, you know, say something every five minutes just to have your face shown or anything. But I think it's good that when, you know, the show or the uh, the organization gives the promoter a platform to really speak his mind on, like, certain issues concerning the sport, a fighter, you know, who's getting what next or whatnot. I bring, I think that brings another level of excitement because, as you just pointed out, I think people expect promoters to generally have this conservative, vanilla-like attitude. And I think people like you, Dana, Jared, Andy, who, whoever, whoever else – uh, whatever wild promoter is out there, uh, mixed martial arts or or what have you, I think you guys are breaking the mold and bringing another level to uh, another level of excitement and anticipation for the events that the broadcasters can't do. That you know the the broadcast journalists, with the, with the exception of me, because I'm not like any other broadcast journalist walking the face of the earth, and that's not ego talking. That's just fact. I mean, you know. Just check the video. You're a big old pimp, though. I mean, that's true. I mean, really can't count you in those. You know, you and Joe, y'all just big old pimps. You know what I'm saying? What did you say, Joe? But, but look, you, you know, you, you sort of touched on it. Really what I think it is, and I, I think this sort of applies to Dane. I'm not sure. I don't really know his background. But I know a lot of promoters, they sit in the background. They, they funnel the money out. They put on the fights. They go rent the venue. They hire the staff. They hire the fighters. They do business with commission. But they sort of keep their mouth shut, you know, outside of that. They don't really get involved with, you know, somebody asks them their opinion. You know, they, they, they're sort of nonchalant. And a lot of that has to do with they couldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. <laughs> right. I mean, if you can't fight, it's really tough for you to say something mm-hmm. and people not get agitated or irritated at what you say. Right. You know, sometimes I say shit. I know, I know it pisses everybody off. A lot of times that's why I say it. But most of the people out there, there ain't shit they can do about it. Right. Because I'll slap the hell out of somebody quick, George. <laughs> See, you almost got it to fight last Yeah, you I know. Kept messing with me. You know, you was on the verge. <laughs> and if Derek Brunson hadn't been standing there, I was going to have to lay hands on him. But anyway, that's another story. So, you know, a lot of promoters, all kidding aside, they, uh, you know, they, they've never done – jiu-jitsu they've never boxed they've never done kickboxing they've never wrestled they've never been in a cage god forbid you know gandalf the great ever had to get into a cage or uh you know or, or some of them you know they may have experience in boxing but maybe they're they've never done mixed martial arts and, and i've met a lot of promoters that fit both those molds and so when people are asking them their opinion you know they might talk amongst their friends but to come out in a public light and give their opinion or or talk shit about someone or to someone, yeah, they're sort of hesitant to do it. And for good reason. Like I said, if you can't bust a grape in a fruit fight, you probably shouldn't say anything. So, right. You know, I, I think that's where some of the shyness came, comes from. But anyways, enough of that. April 16th, Greensboro, North Carolina, cage rates four at the Mirage, uh, brought to everybody by Dark Side Combat Solutions, uh, the, the new kid on the block. You know, we're, we're going to be doing big things in uh, 2016. Actually, we're probably going to do little bitty things in 2016, but 2017 will definitely be the year um and like i said it doesn't matter what it's called because i'm always going to bring the heat i'm gonna bring the fire so okay all right and and the last have you seen that new conflict promotions have you seen their website 
Yes, I have. Man, their website's on point. It is. It is. I, I ain't going to lie to you. Now, you know, I don't give too many props. Right. Got to give some props on this. Jared Williams and them, they did their website right. They did. The website. Man, I, I was I was impressed. Did you see that Lawrence Dennis Joe Elmore fight? I have not got a chance to look at that fight, but I you even got a chance to take a look at it. No, but I will. I, I will go. I will go find it today when I get back home. Man, it was crazy. You gotta get. You gotta go see it. And if anybody else hadn't seen it, uh, you know they they gotta go watch it, man. That was oh, crazy. Yeah. Oh La- yeah. Lawrence Lawrence Dennis Lawrence Dennis. You know, I really need Lawrence Dennis to go talk to Conor McGregor. Lawrence <laughs> oh, Dennis to come up with a way to give away a fight. Anyway. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. And uh, lastly. Because I'm, I'm betting on Nate Diaz, so I need Conor to lose. <laughs> I need Lawrence to talk to, to Conor for me. By the way, me, me and Lawrence is my man. Lawrence is, Lawrence is actually one of my uh, students. He's like my student. He's, my, he's, he's like my prodigal son. He comes, he comes home every Probably about once every two months, I see him, and uh, I love Lawrence to death. That's why I'm doing. Oh yeah, man, time. we got love. You you already know, man. We got love for LD. We love the Matrix, man. Matrix definitely cool people. Last thing I want. You know what? You, hey, hey, wait, wait a minute. You, you you know you just called him LD. Yeah. You know who started that, right? I mean, of course it's his initials, but you know who started calling him LD? I would assume that be you. Yes, and do you know what you just did on worldwide radio? What we are I, worldwide because that's the only way MMA Mayhem Radio rolls is on worldwide level. So do you know what you just did? What did I just do? You know what LD means? Uh, Lawrence Dennis? No. Oh. Learning disability. Oh, man. Did I really just do that? You, oh. you just did that. And oh, just so damn. you know, now that I've told the world what LD means, before I told them, and the only reason I told him was because you said it. Everybody in Charlotte, though, when you said that, was like, <gasps> no, he didn't. Call him LD on well, Worldwide Radio. Well, you know what I did? I actually recovered, and I said The Matrix after that. So I hope you heard nah, that, Joe too. Brock. Joe Brock, are you on here? Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, what's up? <laughs> Joe, he, he called the man LD, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I, I heard did. it. Yeah, I did. And, and we all now know that LD means learning Oh, that is true. I, I was referring. So technically, technically, George Kennebrew just called the Matrix Lawrence Dennis, the man with the fastest hands in the Southeast. Yeah. Just said Damn. that he had a learning disability on worldwide radio. Damn. And again, it is worldwide radio because this is MMA mayhem, and that's the only way we get it on. True. Damn. True. Joel, I can't that, even. I can't even ask the. I can't even remember what I was gonna ask. Now I, I just called the man. <sighs> Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> all right. Now that now I, I I gotta I gotta get myself together. I gotta get myself together now. Okay. Um. You, all right. You need where to we? Get it, trust me. You are gonna need to get it together. All right. I mean, you crossed some serious lines on this one. I did. I did. I did. I I'm gonna I'm gonna have to write Lawrence an inbox today. Like when I get home on my uh. But you caught Facebook. him LD, so he can't read the the email. You, oh man. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh man. That was fucked up. Wow. I'm wow. just saying, you setting yourself up for this stuff, man. And you know, LD don't play. I know. I might be able to put a good word in for you, though. Okay, if you can, I would. I would greatly. I would greatly appreciate that. Okay, where were? Okay, yeah, word association. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. I. I almost got. Up. You were saying something about hitting Lawrence with a liver kick, like Joe Elmore. That's what you said. What? Now hold on a second. 
Hold on. A That's what you just texted me. That's what you just texted me. That what you just said. You just said for me to ask you what you would do if Lawrence got mad at you. Uh, hold on a second. Really? You was te- the you last was text I got. Me. The last text I got was from Joel. Not I didn't. I didn't see your name in there. Uh, okay, okay, okay. The uh, only thing George could beat Lawrence in is the Golden Corral buffet eating contest. Damn straight. <laughs> That's about it. I will. I don't boy. know. I got my money on Lawrence. Really? Lawrence okay. can eat, bro. Can't. Well, you know what? I found that out, Joel, at the last uh, at the last conflict event at, at breakfast that morning when we were leaving. Lawrence came over to the table with two plates. So yeah, that might be. He might be right about that. He might be right about that. Hey. There- there's, there's three things Lawrence Dennis can do. Run. That joker can run like nobody you've ever seen in your life. He can get off the couch and outrun anybody you know in a mile. <laughs> True story. Promise you. Got you. Promise. I don't care what their accolades are. If you know him, <laughs> he can beat them in a mile. Right. Second thing he can do is hit you with the left hand, and the third thing he can do is eat the buffet at Golden Corral. Guaranteed. Bam. Bam. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Now I want to get the word association now. Let's do it. That's Let's... my favorite part of the day. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so we're going to Y'all che- cheated. Y'all caught me off guard today. I didn't even have a chance because, y'all, you know, you, I didn't want even supposed to come on here. But oh, no. Oh, no. Ratings, y'all needed to spike the ratings even higher. So y'all, y'all said, Let's go into the black box. Let's bring him out. Let's do it. All right, so go ahead. Word association. Let's get it. All right. First one is Bernie Sanders, Colonel Sanders. All right. Second is Ben <laughs> Henderson in Bellator. Ben Henderson? Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Henderson in Bellator. Ben should have retired. Okay. Go ahead. All right. The next one. This is, this is a good one here. Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Super joke. All right, next one. This one this is going to get real good now. Cat Williams. My man. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I, I thought he said something like that. That's good. Okay, okay. All right, how about this one? Holly Holm versus Misha Tate. Holly Holm versus Misha Tate. Upset. Oh, man, I thought you were going to say Holly. Okay. All right. And last but certainly not least, Cage Rage, number four. Cage Rage, number four. Word Association, Cage Rage, number four. Uh, Gandalf the Great's Nightmare. <laughs> oh, man. You see, ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's, why we love, that's why we love having him on the show, man. He's Michael Cornbread Allen. Cage Rage for April 16th. Do not miss it, Cornbread. We thank you once again for coming on, brother. And when, when we come to Charlotte, I'm going to look for them jujitsu lessons now. No, yeah, don't you forget. And I got you back on, Lord. And Joel Brock, man, homie, when are we going to do the MMA Mayhem radio show, open forum, me, you, and Kennebrew, and not even talk about anything dealing with me? We're just gonna, when are we going to just talk about – the MMA scene in, scene in general, talk about the fights, talk about talk about everybody else, but what's going on with me or but what's going on with y'all. When, when what's, we up? Do it? what's up, Joe? That sounds like something we should do in a video to get the full, the yes, full, the full right. degree of what's going on. 
Hey, okay. you guys the full tell visual. me when, and I'm there. Okay, we'll make it work. We'll talk. All right. All right, sounds cool. good. All hey, right. everybody, thank you. MMA Mayhem Radio, worldwide, baby. That's the only way they roll. April 16th, Mirage, Cage Rage 4 at the Mirage, Dark Side Combat Solution, Michael Allen presents, don't miss it, main event, Curtis, the angry nerd, Cloward versus country boy Jeff Farrington, Nate Kaiser versus William Baptiste, Derek Hyatt versus Scott Farhat, and my main, co-main event, Dylan, the future Kala versus Smalley Biggs, Trey Singleton. That is going to be good. You guys don't want to miss it. Ticket are on sales now. Go to etix.com. Check us out. Make sure you don't miss it, and we'll be back in Charlotte. I promise you in no time. God, thank you. Appreciate you, man. All right, guys. Talk to you later. All right, man. Has your training on the mat begun to decline? Are you not recovering the same way you used to? Have you begun to lose muscle mass or gain stubborn belly fat? Or is your focus, concentration, or energy just not there anymore? Stop assuming that feeling like this is just a part of getting older. These symptoms are signs that you may have low T, and North Atlanta HRT can help. Their safe, affordable, medical-supervised, low-testosterone therapy can quickly get you back to your old self again. Give them a call at 678-322-3415. That's 678-322-3415. Or visit NorthAtlantaHRT.com. Hurry, this may be the most important call you make all year. My name is Alicia Lay. I'm an FHM model, and you're listening to MMA Mayhem Radio. I got a, you know what I'm saying? $100 million, you know what I'm saying? Dollars, you know what I'm saying? For anybody who can tell me what I'm saying in this song. $100 All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. You heard the horn sound. It is time for the second round of the interviews here on MMA Mayhem Radio. And you know we're going to keep the fun going as we have got a young man seeking revenge. Now, you know what they say about revenge. It is best served on a plate that is cold. And this man will do more than want to just serve Tim Haig a cold dish. He wants to, let's just say, uh, 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 run him over or crush him. Because you know what's worse than getting hit like you just got hit by a truck? Getting crushed like you just got crushed by a bulldozer. But guess what? This bulldozer is no ordinary one. This bulldozer is big, is bad, and he's mad, and he wants revenge against uh, uh, an opponent that finished him in the first round. And he's going to get that opportunity this Friday at United or Unified, I should say, 26 against Tim Haig, a very tough opponent. So without any further ado, let us bring to you, to our MMA Mayhem Radio Airwaves, a bulldozer who doesn't need a switch to know to go off and attack because he's right here. His name is Tanner. The Bulldozer, Bowser, and he's on MMA Mayhem Radio. Tanner, the Bulldozer, what's happening? Hey, uh, not too much, man. Getting ready to go to training here. Thanks for having me on. No doubt about it, man. We, we're definitely glad to have you on. So I'm just going to come right out of the gate, man. How high is your motivation level for this rematch? What differences, what we might see that will ensure us, that will let us know that this fight will not end as quick with you being at the, the wrong end of it as it did uh, in the first fight? 
Uh, yeah, no, I'm really motivated. I'm motivated for every fight. I always train hard. Uh, the, what happened in the first fight was just a stupid, uh, ridiculous error on my part. And, of course, I'm not, I won't repeat that mistake. Um, too fast for Tim, and I got too much stamina. And he's going to drain out, and I'm going to put him away. So do you get a sense that Tim Haig might possibly, just possibly, might be a little bit overzealous, just a little bit overconfident coming into this fight, being that he finished you so quick uh, in, in the in the first round, and he and and that overconfidence might play into your hands because it might allow him to come in maybe just a little bit over aggressive and charge in uh, on you just to get another quick knockout as opposed like he did in the first fight. Do do you think do you sense that from from him possibly? It's yeah, it's it's possible. Um, the first fight I rushed in, and he caught me coming in, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he was too stupid to learn from my mistake, just as I was too stupid to learn from his mistake against Todd Duffy and do the exact same damn thing. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he comes in, if he comes in uh, and isn't, isn't coming in intelligently early, yeah, I, I could for sure catch him. Now, when you got offered, no, I'm going to say before you were offered, this rematch where did, did you have any other matches uh, on your mind uh, as far as uh, opponents you wanted to face in unified or what was this the fight that you had always had in the back of your mind before it was actually offered to you well I knew I would get a rematch eventually um, of course I wanted it but what I wanted actually because I, I won two fights since I lost to Tim last March uh, and one of those fights was against Victor Valimaki who's a UFC vet so, I mean, I was waiting, hoping for, you know, a call from a bigger promotion. But uh, in Unified, uh, Tony Lopez beat Tim Hag and got the belt, uh, which I had originally, uh, back in December. So I wanted a title fight with Lopez. But uh, Unified decided they wanted me and Tim to fight it out for who gets the title shot. Cool. Now, in preparing for a rematch, what, what, what mentality – do you train with? Do you train with the, the mindset of, okay, I'm just going to get straight in his face, close distance, uh, 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 apply that, that forward pressure with my striking from the outset uh, in, in hopes of getting this fight over with just like he did me? Or do you look to the other side of it and be like, okay, I don't care how I win as long as I win, no matter how long it takes. Yep, I I don't care. That thing can go 15 minutes. It doesn't matter to me. Um, I can go 15 minutes, and he can't. So, yeah, I'm just going to go in there and do my thing, and uh, if I can finish it and as soon as I can, well, I'll finish it. But if I have to beat him up for 15 minutes, so be it. Cool. Now, though you can't put a time limit on, on when you'll get a call up to one of the major three organizations. Cause you just mentioned, you know, you thought you might've gotten a call from one of them uh, here sooner than obviously later. But even though you really can't predict when you will get the call, do you get a sense of with a couple of more wins in unified? Do you feel like that opportunity or that call is, is just within reaching distance do you feel like it's that far away that you'll get that call from you know bellator ufc or or possibly world series of fighting yeah it's right there i mean especially as a heavyweight my record's eight and one which is pretty good it seems to be harder for heavyweights to compile good records i only have the one loss um 
I, I almost had a short notice fight for World Series of Fighting in February, which fell through. It didn't end up, they didn't end up needing me, but that would have been awesome. So I know I'm at least on uh, some of those promotions' radars. Uh, if I beat Tim, then two UFC vets in a row, or guys who are ranked pretty high. If I beat Tim, then I'm sure Fight Matrix should have me in the top 100. Yeah, I, could, I, I should get a call after this, but if not, I don't care. I'll fight Tony Lopez in May for the belt. So, What are your thoughts, Tanner, on the, the heavyweight division uh, as of late? Because it, it seems to have hit a dry spell uh, uh, over the last couple of months, dating even dating back to the to the latter of 2015, now shifting into 2016. I just feel like well, it, it's been a lot of injuries. It's been a lot of inconsistency. I, I feel like there there haven't been enough hungrier, legitimate fighters or contenders coming from different parts of the country to really make an impact. Uh, for themselves and I'm just wondering do, do you feel like you could be one of these guys let's just say you do land a permanent spot in a WSOF a, a UFC a, a Bellator a one fighting championships whatever the case may be do you really feel like you could be one of these heavyweights to kind of turn it back to to where it's supposed to be and, and and really put the heavyweight division back on the map and give it a much needed pickup as it so desperately needs to be honest, I like the UFC's heavyweight division. I think it's pretty good. I mean, it is slower in terms of um, developing like new guys with star power, but all the old, all the old dogs are still there. You know, your Frank Mears and and uh, big countries and stuff. They're they're hanging. They're waiting in the wings. Like they seem to last longer. A lot of those heavyweights are up there. You know, they've been in the promotion for freaking ever. Mm-hmm. And I think it's harder for guys to come in and establish themselves, maybe against uh, opposition like that that's been fighting for a long time. Uh, I I would give it a good go, man. I mean, I, I think I have. I think I have what it takes. I think my style is really rare for a heavyweight, and I think I'd give a lot of those guys trouble. So, um, yeah, I mean, bring me in, man. See what happens. Now, in terms of, of star power, because you, you, you say it's hard to develop a heavyweight, per se, with star power. So, I guess, I, I'm not saying you, 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 wouldn't ha- you, you would be saving it for if you got a call from one of these major three organizations. But do you feel like you have a personality or do you feel like you have a, a charisma about you that could be that that? I guess that focal point or that standard to, okay, this guy is an actual heavyweight with star power. I mean, not only can he fight, but he's got the personality to go along with it. Um, well, I mean, I'm no Conor McGregor. I don't really talk that that much shit. I mean, I say a little <laughs> bit, but right. I, uh, I say a lot of dumb things on social media that are kind of funny, I guess. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about star power, but I like to think of at least a bit entertaining. Okay, that's that's a Plus start. Plus, my fights are always entertaining. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a start. I mean, you know, not everybody has to be the the bad boy uh, trash talker or whatever. I mean, you know, when I say charisma, I mean it could just be anything. You know, saying something funny, doing something goofy at the weigh-ins. I mean, you know, whatever. You know, just whatever it takes to to gain that that markability um, as as a fighter. You know, that's that's basically what I was asking. But I mean, hey. You know, you saying goofy stuff on on social media to make people laugh. I mean, yeah, that's a start. You know, that that could get some some people behind you. Yeah, I mean, I had a mullet for a long time, and that would have just been a great marketing tool, like by itself. But just you know, I had it for most of my life, and I got rid of it recently because 
Because, I mean, I was never getting laid, so had to go. <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. All right, well, we're going to keep the, vibe, the good vibes going here, Tanner. And uh, we're going to transition into uh, our MMA Mayhem Word Association. It's a little fun segment we like to do with all of our guests at the end of every interview. And it will be virtually painless and, uh, and exciting. And the rules are simple. All I'm going to do is state the name of a person, place, thing, or a situation. And I want the very first thought that comes to your mind. You ready to give this a go? All right. Like what? One, one word answers or what? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or yeah. yeah. One word answers or just the very first really? thought okay. that comes right. to your mind. All right. You ready to give this a go? Yep. All right. Let's do it. First up, we have Donald J. Trump. Don't care. All right. Uh, a, a fight that everybody is looking forward to, and I'm pretty much uh, sure you you are yourself. Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz. Diaz by decision. All right. Somebody giving Nate Diaz a chance. That's awesome. All right, we're going to get a little cheesy here with this one. Fuller House on Netflix. Uh, unaware. Yeah, me, me neither. My, my, my partner, uh, Joel, had to inform me about it. I, I had no clue. <laughs> <laughs> so don't feel bad. You're not the only one. All right. Uh, next one is voting. Uh, do it, but I'm Canadian, so oh. current political landscape doesn't really apply to me over there. Well, hey, I'll send you my Bernie Sanders poster, and that, that, that'll make up for that. How about, how's that sound? Thanks, man. Awesome. All right. Next up, we have Leonardo DiCaprio finally winning an Oscar. Fought a bear. Good movie. Slept in horse. <laughs> All right. And last but certainly not least, the reason why you came on to MMA Mayhem Radio, your opponent at Unified 26, Tim Haig. Idiot. Hits hard. Bad cardio. Loves alcohol. <laughs> All right, and it couldn't have been a better ending than that. This is Tanner the Bulldozer. Bozer, be sure to check that fight out, ladies and gentlemen. This Friday, Unified 26, he's going up against Tim Haig. And like you he said, he's, he might be a crazy guy, but he, he's very dangerous uh, at the same time. Well, Bulldozer, Bozer, we certainly thank you for stopping by our airwaves, and we hope to talk to you again very soon, my friend. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you having me. No problem at all. Enjoy your day. Yeah, you too. Bye. What's going on, fight fans? Coming up next, we've got Tommy Toehold, the guy that can say more syllables than I can in about two seconds. So uh, try not to make your head spin because it's about to be fast, really fast. Jimmy John's fast. Stay tuned. MMAMayhemRadio.com. Has your training on the mat begun to decline? Are you not recovering the same way you used to? Have you begun to lose muscle mass or gain stubborn belly fat? Or is your focus, concentration, or energy just not there anymore? Stop assuming that feeling like this is just a part of getting older. These symptoms are signs that you may have low T, and North Atlanta HRT can help. Their safe, affordable, medical-supervised, low-testosterone therapy can quickly get you back to your old self again. Give them a call at 678-322-3415. That's 678-322-3415. Or visit NorthAtlantaHRT.com. Hurry, this may be the most important call you make all year. This is Ben Askren, the best damn welterweight in the world, and you're listening to MMA Mayhem Radio. <clears throat> hey. 
want to give a shout out to King Ice and Twan the Hitmaker on the beach. You know what I'm saying? All right, Fight Pants. Are you ready? Well, you better be ready because it's about to get fast. How fast? Freaky fast. Fast like Jimmy John's fast. You know what I'm saying? Like delivery fast. Because the reason why it's about to get fast because we have one of the fastest, one of the most wittiest individuals about to come on our airwaves or come back on our airwaves, I should say. Now, you want to know how fast this guy is? This guy is so fast, I think he's faster than Twister and Bone Thugs and Harmony together. That's fast, and that is freaky fast. Faster than a cyclone, faster than a tornado. Okay, wait a minute. Let me catch my breath because I think I'm talking a little bit too fast. No, I'm going to keep it up. All right, so he's been back on the show before, right? He's been on the show before, right? So he's coming back onto the show, and he possibly has one of the funniest, most uh, 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 gut-busting shows on YouTube that will uh, make your head spin. It's so funny. He's clever. He's creative. He's colorful. All of that balled into one, and now he's coming back on the MMA Mayhem Radio Airwaves. So without any further ado, fight fans, here we go. He's coming back. He's here. It's Tommy Toehold. Tommy Toehold, what's going on, man? Oh, my God, that's the best intro ever. First of all, you talk faster than Tommy Dole does, without a doubt. Like, I, you know, I'm reading from a script when I'm doing those, and I'm doing them quick. That was off the cuff, and that was, like, burning through it, dude. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you, man. I, I, listen, I, all, I have always enjoyed you, Tommy. Like, uh, seriously, your, your show on YouTube is nothing short of, of gold. I mean, just, just the creative the creativeness that you come up with for, for all the, the big topics and, and the news that goes on in mixed martial arts, the way you illustrate that uh, through your animation and, and on top of that, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the tongue twisting uh, of the illustration. I mean, it, it's just phenomenal. It's beautiful. So I, I appreciate you. So I, I, it couldn't have been either way. I, I had to pay tribute to you in that manner because I, I just love the way uh, that that you just just roll through that stuff, man. It, it's, it's something to see. Thank you so much. I, I wish I could. Uh, you, I, you know, I might release one day an actual raw recording of how many takes it takes sometimes to do that. Right. Um, but I appreciate it, man. And, and yeah, you know that speed is part of, uh, of I guess of the charm of the show and. Um, Kind of happened by accident at first. I was talking too fast because I was nervous, but people seem to really dig it, and uh, uh, I've been doing it ever since. Now, have you ever, uh, well, I should say, has a, a fighter gotten upset at you? Because, you know, some, some fighters out here, you know, some of them aren't, aren't, aren't fun to be around. Some of them take themselves too serious, you know, try to act like the actual tough guy fighter or whatnot. So have you caught any type of heat uh, over the previous years because maybe a fighter might have gotten a hold of your show and saw it on YouTube and be like, hey, why are you talking about me, man? That's not cool. <laughs> um, I've had a couple of reactions that were interesting. Um, the only negative reaction I've ever had, though, was Tito Ortiz, and I actually didn't even, I didn't send him the video. I didn't, you know, but he was in the video, and uh, it was like a press conference for Cyborg, and his head was bigger than most of the screen. And apparently he didn't care for that too much, uh, and he blocked me on Twitter. But I've oh. never even interacted with him. So other than that, I can't really think of any instances where somebody actually was upset with me. Now, I did get a call one time from Kelvin Gastelum, um, and he was jokingly upset with me. Uh, and he pretended to be mad, and he actually played it pretty long and pretty well. I started getting nervous, uh, and then he told me he was just messing around. But 
actually, by and large, the fighters are really positive about it, um, and I've, I've never really had too much bad reaction from it. Well, that's good to know, and and just from just from starting the Tommy Toehold show, like when you when you had this whole idea in your head that okay, I'm going to create something completely out of the box that nobody would have never expected, and I'm going to put my own voice, my own uh, fast type of spin on it, if you will, and, and see what type of reaction I can get. When, when, you first, when you were first birthing this idea of the Tommy Toehold show, were you kind of sweating bullets at night and be like, uh, I don't know, Tommy? Like, were you kind of talking to yourself like, oh, man, I don't know what you got yourself into, but you know what? They say life is a, is a risk and it's a, a leap of faith, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and take Take that leap, and if I got to jump into the fire, well, you know, I'll just jump in it, and, you know, whatever happens, happens. I was pretty nervous. I'll be honest with you. I uh, I did not anticipate that it would get as big as it did, so that was when I really started getting nervous. So when I first did it, you know, I had a disclaimer in the in the, um, the description of the, the video saying, oh, hey, you know, don't take this wrong. I love all these fighters. I have nothing but respect for them. But I didn't really think anybody was going to see it. Right. But then when it started getting bigger and fighters were seeing it, then I was like, this is fucking, like, this is crazy. It's nuts. Right. Like, I, I was seriously, I could not believe uh, the reaction was getting. I was a little bit worried that fighters might get upset by it. So I was definitely sweating bullets when I first started. Um, but with all the positive reaction, it's really not been that bad. I mean, uh I, I'm not really nervous about it anymore, and I do try to keep a certain level of respect. Mm-hmm. I just because I do appreciate what these guys do. And oh yeah, these guys do in the in the cage. Um, but you know, by and large, because the reaction has been so positive from the fight community, I feel like okay, I'm doing I'm doing okay. You know, I'm not being too disrespectful. I'm not crossing any lines, and uh, that's been great. But oh, you're absolutely right. At first, I was whew, so <laughs> nervous. Anytime a fighter would interact with me or I heard that the fire wanted to talk to me. I was like, "Oh my god, what's gonna happen?" <laughs> oh. I can, I can certainly, I can certainly uh, imagine how that feels because you know, I, I, I travel to all of these uh, local uh, fight events or whatnot, and I, I do post fight interviews with, uh, with certain fighters, and you know, when, when uh, fighters you know, come up to me and tell me that they've heard of me or they've seen me at certain events and or whatnot, I get kind of nervous myself because, you know, you never know how these guys are going to take you. But, you know, like you, you know, I, I've received um, a lot of positive reaction, which is good. And, and, of course, you know, us here at MMA Mayhem Radio, just our podcast alone, you know, we received a lot of love from the uh, Southeastern uh, fight community as well. So, uh, so yeah, I, I can imagine I can imagine that level of apprehension, you know, when you're getting into anything uh, media-related uh, in MMA because, you know, you never know how these guys are uh, going to react to you. But for the record, I do want you to to straighten something out for me. For the record, is it true that Dana White is a really big fan of yours? Uh, well, um, he was for a time at least. I, I'm sure he still might be. Um, I haven't spoken to him in a while. But uh, a few years back, um, they actually uh, were – they flew me out to Vegas to, to meet Dana and Lorenzo. Um, it was really cool, actually. And it kind of came out of nowhere. And um, – I had sent Dana a video. I think it was like a best of Dana White compilation or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, you know, he followed me on Twitter. And then I don't even know how, honestly, I don't remember how they got my phone number. 
Uh, but <laughs> next thing I know, I get a call, and uh, they're like, hey, we want to meet you. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, right. Okay. And then they're like, yeah, so you know, could you come tomorrow? So I'm like, oh, my God. So, you know, I, I flew out there, and uh, it was awesome. It was a great experience. They, they showed me, you know, Zip HQ and everything, and um, were really, really nice about everything. Uh, and were very helpful in getting me involved with Fox Sports when I was involved with them for a little while. So, yeah, actually, uh, Dana has been um, a fan of the show and has never had anything uh, but nice things to say about me. And uh, I greatly appreciate it. I mean, they've, they've certainly been very helpful in, in getting me a lot of exposure. Funny you mentioned about uh, Fox Sports 1. Wanted to get your thoughts about what it was like seeing your show make it to uh, on UFC Tonight on Fox Sports 1. I know that had to be pretty major for you. Oh, that was I mean, I couldn't, I mean, honestly, um, watching it for the first time, I just, it was so weird hearing some professional announcer, uh, radio voiceover guy talking about how, you know, coming up next, Tommy told, and I was just like, oh, what is, like, this is crazy. Right. Um, it really was uh, kind of, it was very nerve-wracking, too, because I was like, oh, my God, it's on TV. I can't believe they're putting this on TV. <laughs> you know, what if nobody <laughs> likes it? Uh, so it was definitely a crazy, crazy moment. Uh, and that ten, uh, we did ten episodes of it, uh, and that whole run was so much fun. And the staff was awesome, um, and we were really hitting our uh, our stride with it. Um, we just ran into some issues with um, the contract, is all, um, and then with insurance. And, and there's a lot of stuff that goes into putting something like that on TV, and um, it just didn't work out. But it was nothing, you know, that it's not as if they didn't want me or I didn't want to do it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it was great and, and a really cool experience and got me a lot of cool exposure. And I can say that I was on TV. I mean, that just that blew my mind. It was nuts. But I think ultimately, you know, now in retrospect, I think Tommy is something that is best on the Internet. I think that's where it thrives. I think it makes the most sense there just because of the nature of the show. Right. Kind of hard to put that on television. Now, I, I, I got to pose this to you, too, because, uh, you know, this this is life. And, and you know, um, just like the sport of mixed martial arts, you know, in life, you know, we have to be well-rounded uh, as well. You know, we have to have more than just uh, the one main focus. We can't be uh, one-dimensional in life or whatnot. So I just have to pose it. Is this the main thing? Is, like, this what you do? Or, or do you have... Uh, a day job or uh, another career that you're involved in outside of this? Well, when I first started it, I was um, I was an English teacher before I started doing it. Oh, nice. And uh, I was just starting as an English teacher. You know, I just finished uh, my first actual full year, and uh, the school that I was working at had to make budget cuts, uh, so they cut all the younger teachers. So I was looking for work, and I was doing all kinds of odd jobs, uh, filming weddings, I was a substitute teacher, there was all kinds of stuff going on when I first started Tommy, and actually, I would say, maybe the first six months in, I landed a job, um, I got a job with a really nice company, and it was going to be pretty good pay, and um, I was going to stop doing Tommy, um, so okay. I got hired, the, the deal was done, and I get a call from them, I don't know, a, a month later, maybe, um, you know, I was supposed to start, and they said, actually, we looked at our numbers for the quarter, and we can't hire anybody new. So even though we hired you, you're not hired. We're sorry. So I was like, oh, man. So that was when I kind of decided, you know what? This Tommy thing is kind of taking off. 
let me see if I can make some money with it. And while at first I was still doing a lot of freelance stuff, um, it got to the point, it's gotten to the point now where Tommy is my career. I make all my money or most of my money from Tommy. Um, but like you said, you know, I, you can't just do one thing. And, and, it, and I kind of thought, okay, well, what if this doesn't last forever? You know, or what if I don't want to do this anymore? I can't ever picture that, but it could happen. You never know. So I thought, okay, let me do some other things. So now I've thrown my hat into some other arenas. Um, I have a podcast now. Uh, She's a talk, which we do. Uh, it's an MMA podcast. Um, I've got a gaming channel that is uh, comedy similar to Tommy. Um, I've got a general sports channel that I just started a couple weeks ago called Sammy Sports Guy. Okay. So I am trying to branch out into some other stuff just in case, you know, down the road it doesn't work out. Or if I want to, you know, add a few more revenue streams. Uh, but, yes, I've certainly got um, a lot of hats out there now and uh, doing a lot of stuff, and it's fun. I'm, I'm having a blast doing all of it. Very good, very good. That's, that's, that's very nice to know. Now, this just touching on the, uh, the Tommy character, because we know it's, uh, it's a cartoon, it's animated or, or what have you. The cartoon version of Tommy, would you say that is sort of a, a, a replica or has some uh, meaning or some resemblance of yourself? But if not, then who, who would you say Tommy resembles or is a reflection of? No, I would say that he is. I mean, when I first started doing it, um, you know, I tried to... The very first version of him was like this avatar that I made from a website, and I kind of tried to make it look like me um, a little bit. You know, I, I have a shaved head and I have a beard. Um, you know, I don't, I don't always look angry like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when I first started, it was trying to be a reflection of myself. And to do the show, yes, there's humor, and I'm trying to make jokes with it and whatnot. But um, a lot of the views that Tommy holds are my own. Now, sometimes, just for the sake of comedy, I'll make Tommy say something or believe in something that nah, I don't necessarily believe. But generally speaking, I would say that Tommy is very much uh, me. Uh, and he is very much what I am about and, and my thoughts on MMA. Um, for the most part, there are times when he is not. But for the most part, yes, I would say he is me. And now I'm certainly not as angry. Uh, that is the one difference. I'm not, you know, I don't have that sort of um, demeanor. I'm not angry all the time or looking angry all the time. But his viewpoints a lot are, are very much mine. The, I did a video, and it's it's the main video that I put on the, my channel if you're not a subscriber, so you always see it when you first come to the channel. Uh, it's called Why I Love Fighting. And it's Tommy, of course, but it's this is me. I mean, I wrote that as these are the things, this is the reason I do love fighting. So I would say, for the most part, when you get what you get from Tommy is, what you would get from me in the real world. Okay. That's a very good description. Uh, so just take us, if you don't mind, Tommy, just, just take us into the, the, the process, the lab, so to speak, and, and take us through the, the steps involved uh, of producing the Tommy Toehold show. And, and how long does it take you to actually produce the entire show? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> it honestly depends on the type of episode I'm doing, um, but the way the process generally works is uh, before I do anything, and, it, and the process has changed over the years, but I've sort of refined it now to a point where it's, it's about as efficient as I think I can make it. Um, to start out, I actually don't write the script first. I do the visuals. So, for instance, if I'm doing a postmortem, 
the first thing I do is create the visuals for the postmortem. I get all the fighters setting at the table. Now, all of these sets and things, like the, the setup for the table and everything else, that is all stuff I've saved, and it's preloaded, ready to go. I just pop the fighters in there. Um, once I have the visuals done, that is when I'll write the script. Sometimes. Sometimes I don't write a script at all. If there are episodes that I want to flow more like a conversation, mm-hmm. I will just do the entire thing off the top of my head. Really? Uh, but if there's some specific jokes or you know very specific phrases that I know people are want me to say, I write those out. Um, so either way, either, if I don't write it, I get right to recording. If I do write it, I write it, and then I start recording. So the next step is to record the audio. Uh, then I have to chop the audio up, which that takes a, a little bit of time. Um, but, you know, cutting out bad takes and, and whatnot, because I do the entire thing in one one big take. Uh, okay. So after I've got done with that, um, I load up my video editor. And, again, the video editor's already set. It's got all the things I need already in it. And I, uh, I, I plug away and I make the mouse move. Um, each frame has to be animated for the mouse to move. And it takes that's probably the biggest chunk of time is making the mouse move afterwards. Uh, but that's generally the process uh, that, I, that I go into. And in terms of ideas, yeah, sometimes they just hit me in the middle of nowhere. You know, I'll, I'll be sitting there and think, oh, that would be a funny idea. Or sometimes it's just a reflection of what's happening in MMA. You know, like that press conference with Conor McGregor and Nick Diaz. Oh, man. That was a, I mean, that was an instance where I didn't even really have to write almost. Right. Um, and it's also an instance where when I do a show like that and there's so many funny things that were said in real life, people expect all those funny things to be in the episode. Right. So, I gotta make sure that I hit all those notes, or otherwise people be like, "Oh, well, why didn't you say this?" Because Nate said that. Um, so in terms of length, though, I don't know. I can. The fastest I've ever done one was two hours. I did it. Uh, I did an episode in two hours. Uh, the longest. Oh my gosh. I mean, I've had episodes that have taken me a week or two. Um, you know, it, it can just be. It can be a real grind. And, and and that's. Those are the ones that I either don't think the jokes are right, or just something's not flowing right with it. And, uh, you know, fans are like, oh, he's being lazy. And I like playing it up that I'm a lazy ass. It's kind of like a fun thing that we do, you know, on Twitter and stuff. But it's really just me staring at a script for like 12 hours and thinking, oh, what can I do to make this right? And it's funny because I usually don't even make that many changes to it in the end. Uh, But it's just just sort of like accepting that this is the script and moving on and and putting it out there. Um, But lately I've been trying to get more efficient with it and not waste as much time. So uh, I've been burning through them lately, but um, yeah, I'd say it depends. It's anywhere from two to two hours to a week, <laughs> depending okay. on the type of episode. Cool. All right, I'm gonna ask a uh, a huge favor of you, Mr. Toehold. We know that this Saturday is Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz. It's a fight that we're anxiously awaiting, and if you would do us the pleasure. Uh, we know you can do impersonations and all this other good stuff. So if you wouldn't mind, if it wouldn't be of any trouble, in your Dana White impersonation, would you let our listeners and all the other MMA fans, UFC fans, whatever you want to call it around the globe, tell them why they should tune in to UFC 196 this Saturday, if you don't mind. Okay, first I got a question. I got a question before I do it. Okay. What, what can I say? What am I allowed to say here? Am I allowed to say anything? You are free reign, sir. This is MMA Mayhem Radio. We keep it real on here, and we want you to be you. So be you. Go. <laughs> oh, God. This is going to be something. I never do these off the cuff. All right, here we go. <clears throat> All right, everybody sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up, you goops. 
You should be watching 196 because it's the greatest goddamn pay-per-view I've ever fucking put together, okay? You've got Nate Diaz. I don't know what the fuck he's going to do. He might be smoking weed right now in the arena. You've got Conor fucking McGregor. You've got Holly Holm. You've got motherfucking Misha Tate, okay, you stupid eggs. It's going to be the best fucking card of all time. And if you don't watch it, you're fucking dead to me. Unfollow me. I don't give a shit about you. You're a piece of shit, and you should go to hell. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Woo! That was hard. That was hard off the cuff, I gotta say. (laughs) Oh, no, no. That, That is why we love you, Tommy. I am so serious. Dude, I didn't even survive, like, the first three words. Like, I couldn't even look at Joel, like, I, I just had to close my eyes and, and just uh, and just laugh, man. I mean, goodness gracious, man! You you have you got my stomach hurting. Gosh, woo. Okay, all right. Hold on, Joe. Where are we where are we now? Are, are we word association? Okay, hold on. Let me um, let me get myself back together. Oh my gosh, that was that was great. That was great, Tommy. That was that was awesome. That was awesome. All right, here we go. All right, uh, word association. Okay, it's not loading. Joe, let me see the uh. Yeah. All right. All right. So we're going to go into a uh, word association, uh, MMA mayhem word association. That is. And um, it's a fun segment that we like to do uh, here on our show after every interview. So uh, it's real simple. All I'm going to do is say the name of a person, place or thing. And I want just want the first thought that comes to your mind. Simple, right? OK. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. First one that we have is. Uh, Anderson Silva versus Michael Bisping. Fucking crazy. Indeed. All right. Next one we got. This one should be very interesting. Chris Rock at the Oscars. Didn't watch the Oscars. I hate award shows. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'm sure you won't hate this one. Hillary Clinton. Oh, man. I don't even. <laughs> I never talk about politics. I don't know. Um, oh, I know what can I say? I know you got something to say. Everybody's got something to say uh, about Hillary. First thought. Um, fuck. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Come man. on, Tommy. I, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. I'm trying to think of anything I can say. Yeah, just say uh, anything. It's coming. Hold on. We got something here. I'm going to say some kind of word. Uh, go. Go. Democratic front runner? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh That's it. That's See? That's all I got. Democratic See? front runner. I See? Can't, I can't think of anything else. It didn't have to be nothing Suck. too wild. I mean, that, that's fine. Yeah, just the first thought. Not, nothing major. <laughs> all right. Now, this, all will, right. this will be more up your alley right here. I know you'll have something for this. Diaz versus McGregor. Fucking best fight of all time for me i'm gonna make so much money okay all right now all right now we're gonna keep that going now i know you'll definitely have something for this one too donald trump oh god (laughs) oh man uh goof yeah uh, i think that's the only word i can okay there you go that's it that's what at least what i think he is um and last but certainly not least, oh, I know you got to bring it on this one, Tommy. Bellator 149. <laughs> oh, 
God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fucking circus. <laughs> I mean, that was just... That was not, that's the best word for it. It was a circus. That was the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. Wasn't it, though? Wasn't it? Man. Oh, my God. Oh, goodness. Yeah, well, well, we will if we talk. Well, if we go into that, this will be like a whole nother show. But we're gonna go ahead and uh, we're gonna we're gonna leave that right there where it is. But Tommy, in all seriousness, man, thank you so much for taking the time to come back on MMA Mayhem Radio, man. It's it's a blast uh, having you on. We love talking to you, picking your brain. Uh, we appreciate you taking us inside your show and the process it takes to to build a successful show. And we certainly wish you. All the success in 2016 and in the future. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do a plug right now. If you have not experienced the Tommy Tollhold show on YouTube, I encourage you get off your butt, stop living under a rock, stop being a lame, and do something good with your life and go check out Tommy Tollhold. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed because if anything of what you just heard him do right now on the show – it, it, it does no justice. You got to go check out the episodes, man. It's, it's, it's great stuff. But, Tommy, we, we thank you for coming on, man. And come back and talk to us soon, man. Let's do this again. I would love to. I had a blast, and thank you so much for having me on. It was, uh, that was a whole bunch of fun, man. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You enjoy your day, man, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds like a plan. All right, later. All right, brother. This is Don Fry, the one and only Predator, and you're listening to MMA Mayhem. Check, one, two, one, two. Mic check. Is it louder this time, too? Does it look like louder? All right, ladies and gentlemen, you hear Bobby Whip in the background, and you know that only means one thing. That means we have reached the final round here on MMA Mayhem Radio. And you already know, whenever we do the final round, we got to give you the best of the best. But this final round, ladies and gentlemen, will be one like no other because we have a very special treat for you today we are not talking to a fighter but i guarantee you this man is just as important as any mma fighter that you know because he is responsible for keeping your favorite mma fighters upright so to speak now yes this man is a doctor but he's no ordinary doctor i mean you know he he's not about uh pharmacy and pills and all that other stuff no he's got your fighters back and when we say that we, he's got your fighters back, literally. And when we say literally, because he's a chiropractor. That means he helps to ease all the aches and the pains and the bumps and the bruises and all these things that your favorite MMA fighter goes through on a daily basis when he trains or whenever he fights. And you can find this doctor located nowhere further than Marietta, Georgia. It's North Atlanta, HRT. And I guarantee you, he is the most gangster doctor around. If you don't believe me, just try him and see. And you will definitely find out what I'm talking about. But we are glad to say he is one of our good friends. So, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado and no more time wasted, let us bring to you to the MMA Mayhem Radio Airwaves. This is our boy. Dr. Jason Weeks. Doc, what up, man? Hey, George. How you doing? That was quite the introduction, man. I uh, I, I don't know if I'm up to uh, up to the legend you just laid out, buddy, my friend. <laughs> well, we love you, Doc, man. I, I, I love you, man. And, and, I mean, hey, it's true, man. You're the most gangster doctor around, man. Nobody don't want to see you. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, the FBI just left my office a few minutes ago, so uh, let's not uh, use the word gangster here for, uh, oh, okay. for for the moment. How about that? All right, that can definitely be arranged. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, well, I'm not kidding, but uh, yeah, it's kind of ironic that you're using that word because uh, the FBI did actually just leave my office. So, oh, wow. Um, and they weren't investigating me, of all things. So, oh, okay. That's that's the good news. Okay. Well, I don't want to put you in any hot water, sir, because so, we got love for you. What sir. can I do for you guys today? How you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. We we hear about this uh this thing you got going on called uh, the a TRT program trying to save the world from a disaster in uh, MMA, and which is something that TRT can be, and you know, kind of has become uh, over the recent years or, or what have you. So, without any further ado. We will give you the platform and have you state your cause, my friend. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's getting a lot of attention, obviously, because it's been in the news with a lot of the uh, UFC athletes. Um, you know, there are regulations against them being able to use it now. Um, but uh, for a lot of the older gentlemen that are just training recreationally, we've got an answer for them that's clinically legal and clinically responsible um, to make it a fair assessment of their, uh, their uh, male physiology and if there are deficits in their testosterone production, which is very common in anyone over the age of 30, um, we're evaluating that thoroughly and uh, getting them on a, on a program that's clinically responsible to get it uh, into a range where they can recover faster, um, train harder, um, <clears throat> mood swings disappear, um, libido goes up. Um, a lot of things that are associated with uh, low, low T values um, change drastically when they get on our program. My question now. One of my questions is: is uh, I, I see there's been a a conflict, or or there there seems to be a conflict whenever we find out about a fighter getting busted for TRT. Either it, you know, he didn't prescribe to a, a right doctor, or you know, he didn't get it from uh, this source, or or whatever the case may be. I mean, what what is what is the philosophy with uh, getting the uh, the substance? from a legitimate doctor or source to the point where it won't cause a, a, a huge conflict between the promoter or the doctors of that particular well, organization. So, so there's a legal, there's a legal issue. And I'm going to say it right now that um, if you're a professional fighter um, and you're fighting in promotions that have clearly outlined it and made it illegal to use TRT, then, then you're not a candidate for someone uh, that, that we can help here in the office. And you need to, be aware of your own legal legal guidelines um, that you're responsible for adhering to uh, within the promotions you're fighting with. UFC fighters, um, you know, they've got their guidelines. Each state athletic commission has their guidelines. Those guidelines need to be followed for the professional guys out there that are uh, making money fighting. But for the guys that are the armchair or weekend warrior athletes, and there's plenty of those out there, those are the ones that we're helping because they don't, uh, you know, they're not uh, answering to a to a commission or an athletic uh association that's um putting stringent um legal uh policies in place for them to to not be able to use it what uh in terms of i guess the the fighter gaining uh muscle or strength from uh the use of uh trt just just kind of explain that because i've always been intrigued by that and i always hear you know fighters sometimes talk about well you know it makes me uh you know, a lot stronger, I, I feel faster, and all that other stuff. Yeah, our, our programs aren't doing things like getting guys all, you know, there's, there's a big misconception in, in that, you know, you, we're, we're not getting guys all juiced up and, and using steroids per se. 
um, we're using a very um, low-level anti-aging protocol that's very clinically responsible in taking um, what we have evaluated to be low T production values um, in the blood. The, the, the um, normal values found in, in the bloodstream are typically going to be between um, 600 and 1,000 when you measure the table on, on a blood level, and anyone over 30 can, can be as low as 50. So what we're doing is trying to get those lab values back into a, a range that would be considered normal for someone in their 20s so that they can enjoy the benefits physiologically that uh, would be associated with, with someone that was younger um, as far as their lab values go. So those types of things that, that see drastic changes immediately are um, lean muscle mass, um, uh, fat belly uh, belly fat around the uh, around the waist um, tends to disappear quickly. Um, you're, you're typically converting fat into muscle. Um, faster recovery again, libido like we discussed before. Um, um, uh, fighters are reporting that they get better uh, better rest. Um, they're getting uh, which means that they have more energy during the day. That's a big one that people don't really, wouldn't normally associate with uh, with low T is uh, sleeplessness. Sleeplessness causes day fatigue. Um, so when fighters start getting a, um, a a better night's sleep, they're recovering faster, um, and that energy level is higher the next day because they've gotten a good night's rest. And that's a big one for um, a lot of guys that uh, report those symptoms when they're coming in and getting their initial evaluations done. Explain what the the warning signs are with uh, someone who has low T. What are the initial signs that are bringing yeah. them in? Yeah. Um, again, you're you're looking at uh, fatigue, depression, um, loss of libido, um, belly fat, um, sleeplessness. I may have already said that. Mm -hmm. um, there's a good laundry list of, of symptoms that typically bring people in. Um, unwanted weight gain, erectile dysfunction, diminished focus, um, frustration and irritability. Mood swings is a big one that we're catching um, that, that seems to change almost immediately when someone starts on our program. So that's a good list to start from in regards to whether or not uh, it's worth coming in and getting an evaluation done. So what... Can you give us a brief description of what is uh, who the program? The program. I'm sorry, I lost my. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no problem. Um, so, uh, so uh, uh, a patient would typically come in and, and fill out a history form. Um, they'd meet with our MP and discuss the uh, clinical uh, clinical uh, reasons that they uh, were were coming in to see us. Uh, we use 30 years old as a benchmark in regards to being a candidate for the program to start with. Um, a blood draw, a, a lab, a blood uh, sample is taken um, and sent off to the lab to make sure that their uh, their lab values are in fact uh, in line with uh, being an acceptable candidate for the program. Um, once that uh, it's been ruled that it's uh, clinically safe um, by evaluating of the the other lab values like PSA, hematocrit. Um, there's a lot of other lab values that we take a look at to make sure that there's not a contraindication to putting something someone on the program. And then they're prescribed um, an appropriate dose of testosterone, um, an appropriate dosage of HCG, um, and potentially an anti-estrogen if, if necessary. 
Um, and so for $99 in our office, you can come in and get that initial evaluation done, have a screening, have your labs pulled, and then figure out whether or not we figure out from there whether or not you're a, you're a candidate to come on the program and whether or not you benefit um, from seeing us. If your lab values come in and they are within the range that we would normally target to put them in, then uh, we're turning those patients away. We will not put someone on who's already producing enough testosterone where they should be in a range. Um, and we're going to have to look a little deeper into why they might be having symptoms like that with, with normal lab values. But it's very rare. Most of the people that are coming into us um, with low T um, and their values are coming up and they've got the clinical symptoms are typically coming in and, and, and hitting hitting the, the scale pretty low on the, on the lab values, which... Uh, means we're able to help them. So, so far, so good. Right. Now, is it a monthly program? It is. It's a maintenance program. I mean, it's it's something that you know your 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 physiology is only going to change when uh, when uh, the the medication is introduced and those those lab values will fall back off if you if you drop off from the program. So, it is something that a patient needs to be willing to come in on a long term basis. It doesn't help you whatsoever for your lab values to go up and down. Um, we're selling a, a care plan that's affordable so that people can come in and, and stay on the program and enjoy the benefit that the, uh, that the introduction of those hormones uh, uh, gives them. Now, is low T, uh, would you say, curable, or do you have to continue in, uh, to come in maybe to somebody like you and get it seen about on a monthly basis or something like yeah, that? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's not, it's curable in the sense that we can treat it if it's introduced, but it's the body's, if it's not, if the body's not producing it on its own, it's not going to start back up on its own. It's going to need the introduction and uh, the assistance that a program like ours gives. Now, I've been, now, I was just, just curious, just, just thinking about this whenever I do think about, you know, just uh, TRT and uh, in general. My, my, my curiosity is, is long before it became such a, I guess, a big dramatic thing uh, in, in mixed martial arts or, or what have you, I, w- I was thinking like, okay, well, it's just, a, it's just a substance or whatnot that fighters take, you know, just, I guess, like any other vitamin or, or, or whatever, you know, just to, I guess, give them endurance or help, help them increase their energy level whenever they compete or whatnot. But I was just wondering, like, why, why has it become or how did it become to be uh, such a big outrage when it was, you know, when it's pretty just um. – you know, I, George, I, I don't think it's any mystery that uh, there's a lot of athletes out there abusing steroids, period. Right. Um, and I think that TRT gets a bad rap in regards to going from clinically responsible use um, and very easily distorted into us making an assumption that there's steroid abuse going on along with it. And I can, you know, if there's plenty of UFC athletes that people can, that will come to mind when you think about somebody that may appear to be fit the profile of a steroid abuser. Um, and I'm not going to name names because uh, that might get me in trouble with some guys that I don't want uh, coming to pay me a visit. Right. Um, but you know, I think that there's a there's a very uh, distinct line um, in regards to um, steroid abuse and then TRT. And unfortunately, I think the UFC just took a really hard line and said that there were too many guys out there that were kind of walking a a thin line in regards to. Using TRT as an excuse to continue abusing steroids, so they just they put a stop to all of it. Um, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, to be quite honest. Um, 
you know, TRT gets um, a bad rap in some cases. If it's done legally and responsibly, it's a good thing. Um, but it's also not a, an excuse to go out and, and uh, you know, abuse um, a substance that, that uh, you know, can, in fact, be used responsibly. Um, I just don't think they could regulate it well enough um, within the UFC and the state athletic commissions in order to um, keep it keep it regulated enough to, to not allow fighters to take advantage of it um, and manipulate the, uh, the outcomes that they were having with it. So I think they just decided that they were going to develop a no-tolerance policy and, uh, and shut it down. And I don't know that that's a bad thing. Um, you know, it's not for all athletes. They need a level playing field, and, and uh, they, had to, they had to start somewhere. So, you know, it's real easy to go in and get a TRT pres- uh, prescription legally, um, but is that actually fair to the other athletes that are competing? And that's not really my, my, my judgment call. Um, what we're doing here is safe and legal for the, for the athletes that are doing it, but we also we make sure that if they are participating in a sport or uh, you know, within a promotion that uh, has those types of guidelines, then that's their responsibility to follow them. Gotcha. Real quick, Doc, <laughs> if, if somebody wanted to get in contact with you or obtain your services, uh, briefly just go ahead and tell them how they could do so. They can go to, North, they can go to northatlantahrt.com. Um, or they can call me or text me directly at 678-471-1292. Cool. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. He's the man to see. Now, before we let you go, Doc, we got to do our uh, MMA Mayhem Word Association with you because we know you'll have a lot of fun with it. And you know the deal. <laughs> okay. First thought that All comes right. to your mind, man. We're going we, we to do it like that. You ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. First up, we got the A-Town Ogre, my man, Dave K. Tornado. Next, we have, you'll like this one, girls in yoga pants. My favorite. <laughs> nice. All right, next we have uh, Kane West. Kanye West. Okay. I'm never, just... never, never heard of her. <laughs> All right. Next, we have Dave Oblis, or Oblas, as uh, Michael Cornbread Allen likes to call him. Pay me. Oh, oh, I hope you were listening to that, Dave. All right, here, here's, a more, here, here's, here's, a, here's a more positive, I guess, one for you. My lovely sister and MMA Mayhem radio colleague, Ashley Super Luther. Smoking. All right, and last but certainly not least, your creation, North Atlanta HRT. Uh, come see us; we'll get you hooked up. Oh, uh, wait a minute. We we I forgot. We have one more. We didn't want to leave this guy out because we know he's 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 very uh important or whatever. Uh, Ryan Gibson. Oh, you know the answer to that one, douchebag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell, yeah. You know we had to end it right in typical Dr. Weeks fashion. Yes, sir, indeed. All right. I'm still waiting for him to come and pay me a visit, by the way. <laughs> I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he's waiting, too, or maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, guys. I appreciate you. All right, Doc. We'll talk to you soon, man. Okay, man. Appreciate you guys. Yep. Take, take care. You, too.
All right, Fight Faithful, we're going to put another wrap on this show. And I got some great news to tell you. How you like this? MMA Mayhem Radio is moving, wait for it, monthly. That's right. Every first Wednesday of the month, you will still get the gut-busting, wild, charismatic uh, talk that you have come to like so uh I can't even think of the words. I'm so excited about it. But anyway, just wanted to tell you, we're moving to a monthly basis, y'all. The first Wednesday of every month. Now, don't be sad. I know you're going to miss us hearing us every other Wednesday. But I mean, hey, we're still going to bring the fun. We're just going to do it on a monthly basis, all right? We just want to get some 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 new things going, get some, get some fresh content out there. You know what I'm saying? And speaking of fresh content, you know we already have inside the fights going on with my big sister, Ashley, right? Well, you know what? We got some other content on the horizon and guess what it's gonna be with none other than yours truly that's right this guy right here the mma encyclopedia and guess what i'm going to take my thoughts and my talents to social media and i'm gonna inform y'all on the craziest most wackiest stupidest stuff that your favorite mma fighters say on social media so get ready for a little bit of Twitter rounds, you know what I'm saying? Because that's where we're going to go round for round and pound for pound. And yes, shade discretion will be advised. Holla, page turned.